brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's time to move out of diesel. So make the move to Toyota and our incredible range of self-charging hybrid electric cars. With contributions of up to 3,000 euro, join the thousands of hybrid drivers enjoying lower taxes and cleaner air. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota, Ireland's best-selling car brand. Visit your dealer or search Toyota Hybrid. Toyota. Built for a better world. Terms and conditions apply. Best-selling car brand this year based on most recent published monthly figures. I'll take the best you've got. And wrap it in gold, please. Woohoo! This is the sound of Aoife, who's spending the money she saved by going SIM-free at Harvey Norman. Mobile networks charge over the odds when tying you into their long and expensive contracts. Why pay more when you can save by going SIM-free with Harvey Norman and choose your own network plan? We have the largest selection of SIM-free mobiles in Ireland and all the top brands like Apple, Samsung, Nokia and many more. Harvey Norman, your SIM-free mobile phone specialist. We won't be beaten on price, range or service. Women's Soccer Review Podcast with Dwayne Rollins and Jonathan Tannenwald on the Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome to the latest episode of the Women's Soccer Review here on the Sports Podcasting Network. This is Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's a two-part show this time around. Uh, Later on, we'll be joined by Haley Snyder down in Houston from Backline Soccer uh, to preview the U.S. Women's National Team's three-game swing through Texas as they get ready for the Olympics and make their final roster cuts uh, to get down to 18 players. And we, as we all know, it's one of the most difficult decisions Vlatko Anonofsky will ever have to make in his time as U.S. manager. But before then, we're going to go to Europe for one of the biggest stories of the year in the women's soccer world. Paris Saint-Germain has won the French Women's League, dethroning 14-time reigning champions Lyon, you all know, I think, especially those of you who follow me on social media, that I've been a PSG fan on the men's side for 20 plus years. So let me get that out of the way. But it is huge news that PSG, the, the, the runners up so many times in so many competitions have finally broken through and won the title. Of course, they also knocked Lyon out of the Champions League 
uh, we're not able to go on and win that. This was, the, I wouldn't say the prize they really wanted, but this certainly was a prize that they really wanted. And they finally have it. And to discuss uh, how big this is and, and the news that it's making over in France, it's a delight to be joined by Daniel Marcus of Futo Feminine. Uh, we're recording this on Friday night here in Philadelphia. Very, very late Friday night, in fact, into Saturday morning uh, in Paris. So, Daniel, thanks so much for staying up late to join us. Hello, Jonathan, and thank you for, for the congress. Um, we've just gotten the front page of Saturday's edition of L'Equipe. Ball Neuve, it says, new balls, a play on words with the French Open going on just a couple of blocks away from the Stade Jean Buen, that's the PSG's women's team home. Uh, in fact, I mean, you could probably literally two blocks from the stadium, uh, three from the Parc des Princes, two courts Simon Mathieu in the middle of the beautiful public garden that's adjacent to the larger Roland Garros tennis complex. Yes, I know that from experience. I've never been to the French Open, but I've been to the complex. It's wonderful. If you're a tennis fan and you're ever in Paris, you can't get into the Roland Garros grounds most of the year outside of the tournament, but you can get into the public garden and you can, if you're lucky and there's a door open, which there was when I was there, get into Court Simon Mathieu and walk down onto the famous clay. So the front page of L'Equipe, the big photo of PSG lifting the trophy, as I said, the headline, new balls, and inside the headline on Lettre Capitale in capital letters. And why don't we start there, Daniel, with just how big a deal it is that PSG has finally done this. Uh, clearly, is a, is a big, big deal. Um, as you say, uh, it's, it has been so many years that uh, PSG was near this title, uh, winning against Lyon, but um, not, not reaching this uh, goal of being consistent on a world season to accomplish this, uh, this final win. Um, it's very, very a big thing here. Uh, even for the medias, uh, as you say, with the, this headline, um, for some medias, uh, general medias, uh, that uh, in uh, normal times, uh, they are not covering women's football or are not uh, too much on the French uh, feminine division. Uh, they were there uh, tonight. They were there uh, on the final, final of the season with uh, PSG who was nearing uh, the, this title. Clearly, uh, clearly is a is a big big result, uh, result of a lot of work, like uh, all the PSG players say tonight. It was a lot of work, a lot of years, um, fighting for this title, fighting to 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 near the gap, to reduce the gap with Lyon, uh, which is uh, clearly not uh, so easy. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a very very big uh, big thing here. Uh, but um, now we need to see how we, uh, what would be the, the, the next thing uh, next year, because clearly um, PSG has reached a big point here with this title. But now I think that it will be the more complicated is the after the title. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a moment for certain. I think some of the folks who listen to this show already know what some of the big moves are going to be. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about how big a deal it is. It made the cover of L'Equipe. And there is, this is not something we have to go in on a long way, but it's certainly something that Daniel knows that, well, there's a history 
of the keep getting complained to by its readers who follow women's soccer, that they don't put women's soccer on the front page enough. And I actually wasn't convinced that they were going to do it with the French Open going on and also the Criterium du Dauphiné, which is a popular cycling race going on at the same time. I see, too, that it made the front page of Le Parisien on the top banner. That was nice to see. And I wonder, you know, it, it would be it's big news when there's a new champion. It's big news. Um, it's big news. Whoever would have dethroned Leon, it would have been big news. Is it safe to say, though, that because it's Paris Saint-Germain, not only them being the almost and nearly team, but it being in Paris and then being PSG, what they are on the global stage overall, is it safe to say that that makes it? A, and I'll make the equivalence, by the way, for sort of people in the United States who would say that the national media are based in New York, so they make something a bigger deal when a New York team wins. Safe to say, Daniel, that the national media in France make it a little bigger when it's PSG or if, if it were Marseille, for example, those two teams in particular are the biggest teams overall in France, right? Yes, it's safe to say that uh, it's, a, it's a complaint that uh, we hear a lot here, that uh, the fact that all the medias are uh, for the majority in Paris, uh, clearly you have, uh, notably for l'équipe, uh, even for the men's, you have more front page covers for, for, the, uh, for a PSG team than another one, not because... Um, I don't know if, if it's safe to say that, but more people are interested in, in two because more people live in Paris, more people follow Paris uh, today. Um, so the medias uh, follow that way. So you mentioned what the ramifications of this going to are going to be going forward. And there are going to be a lot of them for both teams and they are going to intersect in some ways, it's safe to say. We know, for example, that Sarah Buhadi and Jennifer Marajan and Eugenie Le Sommer are coming over to the NWSL to play for OL Reign for a while. We also know that Leon is going to sign, or at least is, we think they're going to sign, what is it, Christian Endler, Pearl Maroney, Signe Brun, Daniel Vanderdonk, Friedelina Ro- I'm reading one of the pieces of uh, in L'Equipe from somebody who you, you and I both know, Siani Delmat, uh, who's uh-huh. their chief women's soccer writer. Um, but <laughs> PS, uh, Leon is about to poach a bunch of PSG's players, aren't they? Yeah, clearly, but uh, it already happens uh, in the time. Uh, I was thinking about uh, 2016, when uh, you had uh, Amraoui, Seger, and uh, Cassie, or uh, I don't remember who were the, the fourth. But uh, four players for, from PSG goes to Lyon uh, at the time. Uh, it already happens. But uh, the difference here is that uh, in 2016, it was players that were most at the end of their career. I'm thinking be- at the end. Not even at the end, but uh, they were not uh, younger play- players yeah. like uh, Moroni, for example. Um, here, you have as you said, and Leur, Moroni, big pieces from the PSG team this season that are going to Lyon. It's uh, clearly a, a um, how would I say that? Uh, it's clearly a big loss for, uh, for Paris uh, on, the, on this fact. And 
I'm not surprised by that too, because um, Lyon, as a, for me, um, is strong on nothing in the women's soccer principle. Um, is to um, anticipate all the things. Yeah. Each time Lyon doesn't win or have a difficult season or need to replace players, they always um, manage to anticipate all the things that happen. Um, for the departures, for example, from Marzan and Buedi, which uh, normally uh, was uh, was uh, would have happened last year because uh, of the COVID outbreak, they resigned for one year. But normally, already last year, they, they, have, they could have been uh, in, in the USA. Um, for this departure, if you see, Lyon has already anticipated because we are talking about the same, the same, the signs for the this summer. But if you if you see the sign from Damaris from Macario, is already an anticipation to that too. And this uh, this capacity to anticipate and be strong on that uh, permit to Lyon to keep this this advance on the PSG for me. It's seeing clearly. You have two new cycles that we uh, will start now for me after this title, and you see that already at the time uh, today, Lyon is more prepared for the for the next season than PSG. You know, and, and we should mention too that uh, Irene Paredes, who's PSG's captain, is also leaving. Though yeah. not to not to Lyon, to Barcelona is the rumor, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, to, I'm, and uh, you can uh, you can add to uh, Formiga. Yes, and Formiga but, uh, Formiga is 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 what a career and what a great way to send yeah. her off by having her come in as a late game substitute in the title clinching game on Friday, a three 0 win over Dijon. Um, of all the players that are going, I want though I want to focus for a moment on Christian Endler. Yeah. I could, I think, make the, the argument that she's the most important player who's going. What do you think of that? Mm, I think so too. With Paredes, for me, is the, the the two big losses on the on this summer because um, when Endler arrived, she wasn't uh, a player who was uh, on the the eleven of the start, but she has a level. On uh, on his position, that had permit to to Paris to reach a new level for me. Uh, Kedazinek was a, a very good goalkeeper. I'm uh, I'm not uh, doubting on that, but uh, clearly Endler is is uh, for me uh, another level. Clearly, is one of the best of the world, if not the best, and it permits, and uh, you can see on this season, to to, to reach big results. And big things for for Paris. I'm thinking about his game, uh, her game uh, on the um, on the PSG Lyon or on the Champions League. She was very decisive for his team, and I think that uh, yeah, maybe it it will be the the bigger loss with uh, Paredes, who, which was a, really a, a a big captain and a, and, a, and a strong leader on the defense. And, and plenty of, of fans over here have seen how great Christian Endler is for, for PSG. 
and also for Chile's national team over the years, including against the United States. Very famously at the 2019 World Cup in, coincidentally, the Parc des Princes in Paris. Um, the last question I want to ask you, Daniel, and again, thanks so much for staying up late. What, what does PSG do here? And, and, and it doesn't have to be a specific question, but we, we saw that Nasser Al-Khalafi, the president of the club, you know, the, 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 the big chief, the guy where the buck stops, as we say in the United States, uh, he was there tonight. All the executives were there. It certainly seems that PSG knows that it has potentially a very big asset in its women's team, but it has some decisions to make here to keep its team at the top level in France and in Europe. This is a team that you know very well. You cover them a lot. Do you think we're going to see that commitment continue? I think so, but I don't know how it will be next season because the commitments, yes, will stay. But uh, from uh, what I hear tonight and uh, the other days, um, clearly Paris will, will enter after this title in, in a new uh, area for me because uh, it will happen most this summer. And um, even from um, the departure from Eshwafni, uh, that is announced everywhere, um, when you heard the, the coach tonight, it's not clearly sure that he is leaving. Really? Or, um, it, I think that he will leave, but I don't think that it's uh, it's decision. I think that uh, if if the, the PSG would have continued to have the same commitment to put more money and to keep players, maybe he would have stayed and uh, he would have continued to, to push the team forward. But clearly, as I heard tonight, um, there is a, a difference of ambitions for the club uh, between maybe what the, as you said, the top shift wants and what a coach or players want yeah. below. And that's not a surprise that, uh, as you said, Handler is going to Lyon, Eshwafni, Clearly, surely we live. Um, it's literally a, a consequence, I think, of that. And his, his replacement is Gerard Prachure, right? Who was the manager of Lyon who got sacked. It's it, for now, nothing is official. Mm-hmm. It's the it, it's the the most um, the most uh, just talked about. Uh, yes, uh, the most talked about uh, for the position, and uh, it w- it will be a, a good choice because he's a very good coach. But uh, we will see in the next few days and few weeks what will happen because a lot of things are moving in PSG. They are already um, um, recruiting a, a new uh, sports director, as you as you said in France. Um, the, the equivalent of uh, Leonardo uh, for the women. Uh, they were announcing the, the, the arriving of uh, Ulrich Ramé, who was the, the sport director of uh, Bordeaux. Um, there, there will be a, a lot of moves this summer in PSG, and I'm uh, I'm I guess uh, um, I don't know what uh, the PSG will look mm-hmm. next, next season. But I think that uh, 
they will continue to be competitive and to continue to near the gap to, to Lyon, even if Lyon, I think, will push back next season, clearly. That is, that is fascinating to me that Ulrich Rame is, is going to be at PSG. That's, uh, that's, that's not a move I would have expected, and I'll be very interested to see how he fares. That perhaps will be for a show for, for some other time. It, um, it, uh, it, uh, it has made good work at Bordeaux. I think that uh, it's a good move. Did, but, did he uh, sign yeah, Bunny Shaw? Officially not, but clearly he's near from the page. Mm. But what, did, what did he, did, was he at Bordeaux when Shaw was signed or did he come afterward? I don't remember if he was okay. here, but uh, I know that uh, a lot of good signs of Bordeaux uh, on the last uh, summers uh, was... Uh, Part of this of his work, and that's going to be. Um, we could, I could do a whole other show on the Bordeaux situation. We've discussed it with your colleague Sylvain Jamey when he was on here a while back, and maybe down the road when we head into next season, that'll be something to take a look around the French league and at some of the other clubs because that club is potentially in a lot of financial trouble, financial yeah. uh, trouble top to bottom. Uh, and we will see. Anyway, Daniel, thanks again so very much for staying up late. Um, great work as always, and uh, keep up the good stuff, all right? Thank you, and thanks uh, for the invite. And if people want to follow your work on social media, how should they find it? Uh, principally on Twitter. Okay. It's uh, the social media on where I'm the most. And that is um, feminine, F-O-O-T-O-F-E-M-I-N-I-N. Daniel's Twitter handle is Daniel underscore MRQ. You will find him there. Uh, You will find along the way uh, some interesting data visualizations and some other stuff too, in addition to his reporting from games. Again, thanks very much, Daniel. Uh, And uh, have a good night's rest, all right? (laughs) Good night, too. (laughs) Thanks. When we come back, we will be joined by Haley Snyder down in Houston of Backline Soccer to get us ready for the U.S. Women's National Team's return to the field. We will take a quick commercial break so that my producer, Kevin Laramie, can sell a few ads and we'll be right back here on the Women's Soccer Review on the Sports Podcasting Network. Watch the SSE Airtricity Premier Division, First Division and Women's National League action live with the brand new LOI TV Season Pass. The League of Ireland's exclusive HD streaming service returns with live commentary at home, on the go or wherever you are. Sign up now for your LOI TV Premier Division Pass from just €79. First Division Pass from only €49 and Women's National League matches for free. Go to LOITV.ie for more. This summer, let's get out and about. There's thousands of Sky VIP experiences to be won across the country, like teeing off at the driving range. Great shot! The drive-in movies are back. Pass the popcorn and the gates to the zoo are now open. Hey, don't let the animals out. These aren't just treats. It's the treatment you deserve. Sky VIP. Visit the MySky app to get involved. 18 plus ticket applicants entered into ballot. See sky.ie slash VIP terms. Closing dates vary. See Sky VIP section of MySky app. Okay, so let's start with... Laura, school. Mum, just two minutes. My recital's tomorrow. I know, you can stream your lesson in the car. With total dedication backed by Ireland's best performing mobile network, amazing things can happen. 
You got it. Enjoy super fast streaming on Vodafone Pay As You Go. Switch today in store or online and get up to 100 euro off a range of smartphones. Vodafone, together we can. Offer subject to availability. Claims based on network test results conducted by Umlaut on three major networks in February and March 2021. Terms apply. See Vodafone.ie for full terms. Welcome back to the Women's Soccer Review here on the Sports Podcasting Network. Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer and through the magic of the internet after we recorded our first segment on Friday. We are recording our second segment on Monday. And a couple of things have happened since then. Uh, One of which is not women's soccer related, but those of you who follow me on Twitter know that on Sunday night, the U.S. men played an all-time game against Mexico, which had me up until four in the morning writing about it afterward, which means I might be a little bit delirious in this segment of the show because I'm not on a ton of sleep. The other, we mentioned with Daniel Marcus that um, a lot of PSG players were leaving. We did not know at that point that Alana Cook was going to be one of them. And we do now. She has gone to OL Reign on a multi-year contract. And I'm sure some people out there were not surprised who knew about it in advance. I was surprised because I actually thought that she stood a good chance to be a significant part of PSG's back line next season and play a lot more and be some continuity for a team that's losing so many players. Now that's not going to happen. She's out to and further um, cannon fodder to wonder exactly what the PSG brass will do if they want to really keep this team at the top of French women's soccer next season. That is for discussing down the line for now. We're going to talk, speaking of Alana Cook, I should say, because she is on this U.S. roster for three games down in Texas that we played two in Houston, one in Austin before the U.S. women set their Olympic roster. And for that, another new guest. I do like having debutante guests on here when I can. Haley Snyder of Backline Soccer, based in Houston. She also uh, is on the Actually the Dash podcast with Charles Olney, who was on this show uh, a good while ago. Haley, it's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to a national team game on Thursday. I'm actually going to be able to go. Yay. I, you know, you live down there, so you're used to the weather. Oh, yeah. Um, I am of extremely pale northeastern complexion up here. Um, I, I was at Gotham uh, OL Rain over the weekend, and I was hoofing it from the path station to Red Bull Arena so that I did not have to be out in the sun too long, um, even just at you know five o'clock. Um, that's what I get for being cooped up inside for a year and not you know being outside so much. Now I really feel it when I go out during the summer. Um, we will do what we usually do when we are previewing U.S. women's teams games, which is go through the roster and go by position. And certainly when it comes to the Houston Dash players, it'll be quite a bit to talk about. Um, and so we'll start with the goalkeepers, including Jane Campbell of the Dash. A.D. French is back. Alyssa Nair, of course, is there. And as much as the locals are, I'm sure, going to want to see Campbell play, as much as the rest of us across the country are probably going to want to see French play, who thinks she's going to be the number two in Tokyo, I have a hunch that there is an actual necessity for Alyssa Nair to play almost every minute of these games as much as people might not want to see it. And that necessity is that the Chicago red stars through no fault of Nayers, I think have given up the second most goals in the NWSL so far this season. 
I think she needs to play and have the confidence of having Becky Sauerbrunn and Abby Dahlkemper and Tierna Davidson in front of her. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that, I mean, I used to be a goalkeeper back in my younger days and I'm not that old. So I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. But I, I, I understand to some extent that confidence boost from not conceding a lot of goals. So I do think it's really important for her to get those minutes. Hopefully not conceding a lot of goals, getting back with that back line with Becky Sarbert, especially. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely expect her to play almost every minute. Maybe we'll see a Jane Campbell. She kind of seems to be Black Coast number two at this point. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I completely agreed. Well, I don't think she's going to probably give up all that many goals, no matter what, in this set of games, uh, for better or worse because the opponents are not the best, as we know. Portugal up first. Then Jamaica, which I think could actually be an interesting game if the Jamaicans uh, bring everybody in who they can. And I haven't talked to Hubert Busby, who's their coach, in, in a good while. But as, oft, as is always the case, a lot of us up here have our eyes on the Jamaican Federation, and we wonder uh, what is going to happen with that program, whether, for example, the forthcoming Women's Nations League will force the Jamaican Federation to finally fully fund that program. And then Nigeria, and I haven't seen a roster for that yet. We are taping this show nine days before that game. Um, So I don't know who's coming. Uh, I've heard a couple of things about U.S.-based players who are coming. That's no surprise because Randy Waldron, who's their manager, is based in the U.S., Um, but yeah, I just, I just think, and I think you, as we agree, as we've said, I think that, um, I think that the Nair is going to get the minutes just so that she can play in some games where she's not conceding. It is seven goals in five games so far, which is not terrible. No, to be fair, um, but Chicago's defense. Played very well against North Carolina. It also got shellacked by Portland. We know that. Um, What do you think Jane Campbell has to do the rest of the week in practice? And I, you know, I'm sure I'm being a little bit presumptuous saying that I think A.D. French is number two on the depth chart. But I also don't think I'm the only one who thinks that. So what what do you think Jane Campbell has to do to get that number two spot for herself instead of being an alternate? I think it's really clear when she doesn't have to make a big decision about her positioning. She's a very excellent shot, shot stopper. Um, I feel like the way, with how good the national team's defense is, she goalkeepers don't really have to make a lot of those decisions, um, which is good for Jane because I think that kind of elevates her status potentially. Um, another quality that Jane has that is, you know, Alyssa has this quality too. I think both of them have gotten really, really good at spurring the offense. So I think if Jane's able to kind of, show those two qualities um, more so than Eddie French this week, maybe that will, you know, help push her into that number two spot. The only, it, it has actually been surprising to me that Jane has kind of seemed to beat out someone like an Aubrey Bledsoe. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent sure why that is the case. Um, I, I know Charles had kind of brought up both in the past that maybe Vlatko, you know, potentially sees a bigger ceiling with her, with her play more, um, you know, further down the road because she is young and she has so many years to develop. So it's kind of interesting. She's kind of an interesting case to look at because I I feel like she's just a player that not a lot of people thought would 
surpass you know these other goalkeepers like a blood cell like a murphy but she's kind of seemed to have done that and i, I feel like because ad france just still you know she hasn't played a lot because of her injuries recently i feel like jane has kind of become more solidified in that spot but kind of back to your question shot stopping and uh offensive distrib- distribution i think those are the two big things for her i think you make an interesting point about Aubrey bledsoe who on talent displayed in the league has earned a shot and has gotten that shot a couple times here. Yeah. But I also think that Bledsoe and Casey Murphy also are in that class of player who are just standing by until the veterans are moved on, which as we all know is happening a year later than it was supposed to. Um, and that allows me to quickly note that Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger are not on this squad. I don't know whether the people TM, the stands, TM, et cetera. Um, I don't know whether they're done shouting about it. I don't, I don't actually enjoy incurring their wrath, believe it or not. It is not a pleasant experience to be besieged by them on Twitter. Uh, but even if, okay, I don't know how one communicates. And I call people on the phone, but I'm old. So... I don't know how one communicates these things anymore. That is, of course, an allusion to Kyle Krieger and various, the clan over there, you know, uh, claiming that they were hard done by, by Krieger and Harris not being on this roster. And I just, I'm not of that opinion. You might've figured out that about me by now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury out there. Um, Let's look at the defenders. Alana Cook, who I mentioned a moment ago, I am looking forward. We, uh, we have not gotten to talk to Vlatko in terms of his being available from down in Houston yet, as of when we're recording this show. I want to ask him what he thinks of Cook winning the league with PSG and what that is going to do in terms of paying dividends for her in the long term, because I think it might actually just pay a few of them. Um, Alana Cook. Abidal Kemper, who is over from Manchester City. Will she go back to Manchester? Stay tuned. We don't know for sure yet. We've only seen the same very loud commentary on social media as everybody else. Uh, who else here? Tierna Davidson, Crystal Dunn, who was listed as a defender. Yes. Sorry, she's listed as a defender. I don't write the releases. I just read them. Kelly O'Hara, Margaret Purse. Same question. Becky Sauerbrunn and Emily Sonnet. I don't think there are all that many surprises there. I do think um, I would like to see a lot of Tierna Davidson in these three games because you've got to be able in the Olympics to rotate your whole starting lineup if you have to, including your center backs. She's got to play. She might have to play at left back some. If she has done as she has done before. And I think that this is an ideal opportunity for her to get in there a good bit over the course of those three games. Uh, Haley, what are, what are players out of this defensive unit that you're going to have your eye on? Um, Yeah, definitely Davidson. And uh, I always have enjoyed watching her. She's, you know, she's young, she's exciting, but I think with Ertz's injury, that kind of puts more of a spotlight on Davidson directly because of her versatility. I feel like the national team has kind of been functioning on Ertz as the backup center back, but she's also the starting six for a while. And with that injury, is that still the case? 
I don't know. We'll have to see. But I think it gives Tierna more of an opportunity if we need someone to actually be a legitimate backup center back who's not constantly playing 90 minutes. Um, so I'm very interested to see how much she plays. And I feel like if she plays more than maybe we're expecting, that could kind of be a sign in a potential roster shift to have to include her and have to include her. Who kn- I'm not totally sure how severe Julie Ertz's injury is really. You know, they, they tell us things. You have to take them at face value. I hope it's not, you know, I hope it is as non-serious as they say. Hopefully, you know, it all works out for her. But Taryn, Taryn Davidson is definitely an interesting one. I'm also really looking forward to seeing Alana Cook play more. I think she's excellent. I'm really hyped to see her in the NWSL as well. We haven't really seen her much with the rain. She was there during the Challenge Cup last year, of course. Um, but the rain were not very... Uh, good in that challenge cup so they're a much different team now i'm excited to see her play just in general where are um, they ever <laughs> that you know um they could potentially be really really good they could also potentially just have no defense in midfield but that's for that's fine that's right yeah right no that's sure <laughs> you want to win every game six five go right ahead um you mentioned julie you mentioned julie Ertz, and let's uh let's go to that I won't be surprised if she is starting the opening game of the Olympics only because um, the water filters in the Earth's household across town from me. Oh, it might not be across town for me for much longer. I should note. Zach might be getting traded here soon. I don't know if they're going to keep their place in town or not. But for now, the water filters that they've got in their place have have some kind of magic beans in them because they just do not get not both of them they do not get hurt they don't they just don't and i don't like joking about mcls just like in this town right now everybody's freaking out about joel Embiid's partially torn meniscus that he played 38 minutes on in a basketball game right before, a couple days before we recorded this I don't want I don't want to rush anybody back from an injury. But if anybody can do it, it's her. Really hurts. Yep, absolutely. Um in the interim, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, Katarina Macario, Christy Mewis, Sam Mewis, Andy Sullivan. People are gonna say you rotate that midfield three around so that Horan and Mewis are playing behind Lavelle or Macario. Sure. Makes sense. Is probably what I'd do at least once out of these three games. The rest of the time, I would like to see Andy Sullivan take the bull by the horns and run with it. Because, and I should say, we've been waiting for that for quite a while, haven't we, with the national team. And there have been all these injuries that have derailed her ability to do so. Coming out of the World Cup, when we all started immediately playing the parlor game of which players from the World Cup team are not going to make the Olympics and who that didn't go to the World Cup is going to make to the Olympics and who are they going to bump off? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, put your guesses in now, folks, and we'll see if you're right. Uh, the first player whose name came up for who did not go to the World Cup who's going to be on the Olympic team was Andy Sullivan. Now, if Macario had been naturalized by then, Maybe a different story. But at that point, Andy Sullivan was top of the list easily. 
And she's got a shot right now in these three games, I think, to book a ticket. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I've kind of been on that Christy Mewis is going to the Olympics train, number one, because I'm biased, but also number two, I genuinely wholeheartedly believe that. However, big however, with Ertz's injury, that shifts things potentially. You know, same way it potentially shifted things with Davidson's chances, it does the exact same for Andy Sullivan. I think Andy Sullivan is a player that if she steps in and performs the, to that same level or higher, which she has been, you know, for the past couple of years with Washington Spirit, when she's been healthy, she's someone that can really make an immediate, very solid impact. And she probably is the future of the team, you know, after that next generation kind of moves on. And of course, the midfield pool is on the younger side, but she's right in there. Um, so I'm very excited to see her play. I'm interested to see what she'll do. Um, I hope just personally, it doesn't Im- happen to impact Christy Mewis's chances, but with a, such a small roster, it probably does. Um, you have to make choices like that. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I feel like Julie Ertz's injury has really just thrown stuff into a loop a little bit <laughs> in a way that nobody was really expecting. Because again, she just does not get injured. So it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't want people to get injured, but it has kind of made this a bit more fascinating than it would be otherwise, I feel. And, and she's the one player. Yeah. Who's like for like irreplaceable. Yep. Sullivan is a different kind of six, a very good one at that. And a kind that you might not need a bulldozer of the nature that Ertz is in a lot of these games in the Olympics, given the nature of the opposition. Sweden, Australia, and New Zealand. You can play Andy Sullivan at the six against those teams. Um, Some people might say that you could do with Ertz against Australia because they're going to run you around a lot and be physical, and that's probably true. But I'd be willing to bet that a Lavelle, Mewis, Sullivan midfield against Australia could also make them look a little bit silly if they wanted to. Um, I'll get yelled about that by our listeners in Australia real fast. Some of whom have been on this show before. Um, let's see here. I, you talk about Christy Mewis. I can't see her making the 18. I have never been able to see her making the 18. And yet she is playing so well with the national team. And with the dash, but more important, just as importantly with the national team. That it is entirely possible that she is going to make the 18. And that to me will be the most stunning thing of anybody who makes this lot. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. If she makes it, I'll be, I mean, even with me full, 100% full and sold on her making it, I will still be completely flabbergasted and shocked and very happy if she does actually for real make the 18. I just think with Lavelle just being such kind of a glass candy type of player and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want her to tweak her hamstring. You don't want her to mess up her ankles, whatever else happens to be going on with her at the moment. Christy, they're not the same player even remotely, but they both can command that left side so well. And Christy has just been playing lights out. It's, it's almost, I almost feel as if she's been playing better when she steps into the national team in the limited minutes she has been getting, but she's been getting them consistently. Um, but she's been, she's just looks so excellent at that level. Um, I just, I don't know how you can justify not putting her on the roster at this time. 
Well, I mean, I do know how yeah, you can it's, have it's, fun, it's, but it's, it's hard to, <laughs> to me. The hardest thing that any U.S. women's national team coach ever has to do is pick an Olympic team. Yeah. Because 18 players is just ridiculous. It's so for hard. this program and a lot of increasingly a lot of programs at this point. And if they would fix it and let teams have 23, it would put all the podcasts out of business. I realize, but <laughs> um, it would be the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, Macario at this point probably is the second 10 on the depth chart, but if you're going to play, for example, this would be a hell of a midfield three against Australia. Um, Christy Mewis, Sam Mewis, and Lindsay Horan, which is sort of bully everybody, I suspect. And I don't know who would be the 10 in that. Maybe there wouldn't be a pure 10 per se at all. Um, but somebody would be, in theory, sort of rotating up to the top there. And that, if I was an opposing team, I would be terrified of. Uh, especially if it was Haran, who might end up being the third six on the depth chart here at some point, which is kind of outrageous because of the number of positions that she's played. But she just, I, I remember this was uh, during, I think it might have been the US Chile game in 2019. It was one of the games in the World Cup that Haran started. And as soon as the lineup came out, People were like, okay, you're just going to turn Haran completely loose and just let her go run at people and knock them over. And that's what she did. And, and yet she can also put a pass on a dime from 30 yards and put a shot in the top corner from 20. I don't, I don't know how... I don't know how ultimately she... I don't want to say how she fits. That's not the right word. Because Vlatko can use her in so many ways. I don't know what ultimately her sort of number one role will be. Yeah. But speaking of players who can grab a bull by the horns, if she really starts doing it, look out. Yeah, I think she's one of the most interesting players on the roster because it's it just feels like she she, she obviously fits in anywhere you put her, but... It feels like I feel like we've never seen the best of her in her best position on the national team because we have four starting forwards in a system where we play, or excuse me, starting midfielders in a system where we play three. And I know this conversation has been rehashed on in every which way on every single platform you could possibly imagine, but it's just such a fascinating issue. And it's weird to call it an issue, but it kind of feels like one for her. Like just an embarrassment of riches. You, you weren't wrong, by the way, when you said four forwards, because that was also true at one point. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how about we go to the forwards? And again, folks, if you're holding on to your tickets, get ready to cash them out. You can guess where I'm going. You'll probably be right. Uh, we note here that Tobin Heath is in camp as all of the Instagram accounts and tumblers and so on have very quickly noticed. Sorry. I had to do that. Okay. Six forwards on this roster, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, who is in astonishingly miles above the field, I think form right now, 
I just, don't even know how she did that. Just ridiculous. It's just amazing. And people will yell at me for saying miles above the field, but she's really good. She's just playing. Yeah. You're not wrong. Right. Elite level right now. Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, Sophia Smith, and Lynn Williams. Morgan's going. Press is going. I think Rapino is undroppable right now. She has been playing so well for the national team. Agreed. I think Lynn Williams is going. Agreed. Because we know where she fits. Yep. On the right wing as a high presser who forces turnovers. She's going to give Sweden absolute hell and set up Alex Morgan and whoever's playing on the left, whether that is press or Pino or whatnot. Sophia Smith, I think, is probably going to be an alternate. Yep, I agree. But a very useful alternate to have around. So if you had the one left, cash out your tickets now because I don't think anybody on this whole team for this whole camp is going to be in a bigger spotlight and under more pressure to score goals than Carly Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Okay, so I am not a Carly fan at all. Anyone who knows me knows that. However, she is the most frustrating person to dislike on this team because every single time you think Carly Lloyd is not performing well, Carly Lloyd is just not going to make it. She goes and scores some ridiculous goal. She goes and does something crazy uh, and to put herself right back up there. And she's just so beyond good at doing that. It, it's not an accident. Like, I, I feel like it's a very conscious thing that she's doing at this point because she's so consistent at it. It's, it frustrates me to no end, but like also good for you. Like, I'm, I'm happy for her. Go off. But I just, I don't, I think she's going to make the roster. I really do. And I, I don't necessarily like that idea just because of how much i dislike her um don't at me or do that's fine um they're going to anyway they're going to and that's fine she, well I she's gonna block you everybody else will at you that's fine i know this from experience <laughs> oh goodness yeah she she does do that but again good for you girl go off yeah i just I, I feel like she's gonna turn up in these games and she'll probably score a goal or two um, but she's just someone it's so hard to leave off a roster because she really does show up in the biggest moments. Um, maybe not necessarily all the other ones, but she she really knows how to show up when it matters and when it counts and put things away. So I think that's a really difficult person to leave at home or leave as an alternate, which I don't think she would take anyway. So leave it home. <laughs> I was writing today my games to watch column for the week, which will be posted I'm sure by the time everybody reads this. Um, and I noted, I was doing a little counting some stats on Lloyd. She has three goals in 15 games combined for the U.S. and Gotham in 2021. Now, some of those games with Gotham, she's been playing in the midfield instead of up top. That certainly makes a difference. Excuse me. I wonder if it's going to come down to do you take a X percent healthy Tobin Heath or do you take Carly Lloyd? Find me the nuclear fallout shelter when it happens. <laughs> but I'm not going to be surprised if that's what it comes down to for Vlad Goinanovsky. Yeah, that could definitely happen. Now, I'm curious if, if Tobin goes, 
who is your Alex Morgan backup? Because clearly with Carly in the pool, Carly would slot in and, you know, they don't play always the same way, but they both do that hold up number nine kind of shindig. If Tobin goes, would Williams slot into kind of Morgan's role in some instances? I think it's cat. Oh, you, you would take cat and that, that I would, I would put cat up there. Um, yeah, kind of there too. Because it gets Lavelle on the field, it gets a bunch of other people on the field. If you if you go, well, this is an interesting because Macario is not really a hold up player per se. Yeah. But if you went, if you went, I don't. There are certain teams against which I don't think you could do this. If you went press Macario Williams across the front. You could confuse the hell out of opponents real fast. Um, they're just not going to know who to mark. And then you've got Lavelle and Mewis and potentially Haran or whoever else coming from behind them. I, I'd put Cat at the nine, I think. You have the option to put Williams at the nine. You have the option to put Press at the nine. I Oh, boy, do I want to say some things about that. You will go. You might go me into doing it by the time the show is over. Um, <laughs> Lloyd is the closest thing. Well, strike that. Smith is the closest thing to the pure replacement for Alex Morgan. Yes, as a nine. And on about September first of this year, it's going to be her turn, and she's going to go zoom. Goodbye. Um, I, I rate her very, very highly. Yeah. I have for quite a while because she does things as a striker. She makes the runs and gets into positions and has that clinical instinct at an exceptionally high level. And as I said, once the general once the generate i don't think morgan's going to be part of the generational transition to be clear lloyd rapino maybe sauerbrunn at some point yeah. before the world cup krieger harris obviously mcdonald a few others but smith is going to go zoom up the charts and start putting the ball in the net a lots yep. i think i'm really looking forward to seeing that um speaking of people going zoom I have to mention, I was at Gotham Rain. I don't know whether you got to watch that from afar. I did not, unfortunately. Or not. Um, Rose Lavelle went Zoom repeatedly <laughs> in that game. And I mean, take the ball off Alley Long and go two seconds down the other end of the field. Goodbye. Um. If she can, I mean, we know she can do that. But if I'm Australia and Sweden and New Zealand, and I'm going to poke the stick at Great Britain here too, because I enjoy doing that, as you know. And I saw those plays. I mean, I think most people who listen to the show um, will have seen them. If you haven't, I'm sure they're on Twitter or Instagram, or you can go on Paramount Plus and watch the replays. Go watch those runs that Lavelle made. And I you will be terrified. If she's doing that. Man. 
was it our I think it was our mutual friend Tony Mazza who runs NWSL Analytica who asked is she faster with the ball or without it um and what what have you seen from her I mean it's not been a ton but what have you seen from her her lately and how do you think that'll I mean again I have to drop the disclaimer about quality of opponents but you know what do you make a rose at the moment um well, to be quite to just to preface this, I have I've been traveling a lot, so I have not been able to watch a ton of soccer. But based on just little clips and bits and pieces I've kind of thrown together, um, I think Rose seems to be like healthier than we've seen her in a while. I, I feel like she's not really dealing with injuries and therefore is not dealing with her hamstring stuff and therefore is not afraid to just, you know, go full throttle and actually uh, put the gas on. Um, to answer Tony's question, I feel like she's faster at the ball, which doesn't sound possible, but with her, who knows? She is very connected to the ball at all times. She's just very, oh gosh. I mean, we all know this. She's ridiculous to watch dribbling. She's one of the best dribblers I have ever seen. Um, personally, again, not that old. Haven't watched as much soccer as maybe some other folks out there, but goodness I, gracious, I she's don't. very that was not directed. Ray, no, I know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll direct it at myself. It's, it's the radio, so you can't see me <laughs> raising my hands. I will say, I have, so my desk is made of wood, okay? Knocking on the wood. Knocking on the wood. Yeah, no, no injuries, please. Um, the, ro- the rose does not get heard. I'm supposed to be objective as a journalist. No, I'd like to watch Rose Lavelle in the Olympics. This is not about the u.s team per se rose lavelle is just really fun to watch she's so fun to watch and she's so she's so much more fun to watch when she's healthy because i feel like she knows she has more confidence to be able to do the things she wants to do on the field with the ball and i feel like that wasn't necessarily always true because you know when you have injuries they're kind of in the back of your head like oh i don't want to mess up my hamstring can't run super fast all the time but once that's kind of gone and you can start to go she's just wow I, i feel like she's kind of hitting this next level and I hope, I really hope, knocking on more wood, that that continues through the Olympics as well. So you're down in Houston where two of these three games are going to be. Yep. Um, they are June 10th at BBVA Stadium against Portugal. 7 p.m., 7, excuse me, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 Eastern Time where I am. Uh, FS1 will have a pregame show starting at the top of the hour. Uh, And then after that, June 13th against Jamaica, which I think is the game that a lot of us are looking forward to, as I alluded to earlier, 10 Eastern. That's going to be a late night for me. Hooray. Uh, 9 p.m. Central. It'll be a late night for you, too. Um, I'm sure TV put in a word about that somewhere along the way. Uh, but it might be 80 degrees at kickoff instead of 90. And then June 16th against Nigeria at the new Q2 Stadium in Austin, Texas, the debut major event for the venue that will be the home of Major League Soccer's Austin FC, and one wonders if potentially an NWSL team down the road. Now, I am very quickly here pulling, uh, trying to find the, Ross, the Jamaican roster for uh, the, is this it? Yes, it is. Found it. 
for these upcoming games. There are a number of players on here who you will recognize. Sidney Schneider, who's one of the backup goalkeepers for the Washington Spirit. Uh, Chantal Swabi, Kanya Plummer, who plays in Orlando. Uh, Denisha Blackwood of the Houston Dash down here neck of the woods. Havana Salon of the North Carolina Courage, who I'm biased, is one of my favorite Jamaican players because, as I've said a million times over the years, I was at the Jamaica-Australia game where she scored the first World Cup goal in Jamaican history. Cheney Lasher plays for the Washington Spirit. Chana Matthews of Rossing Louisville, which is how we officially call the team on this show. No Bunny Shaw. Understandably, because she's leaving Bordeaux and is on the way to a new club and coming back over here and this, that, and the other thing, and so on and so forth. And, oh, by the way, she's trying to find a new club. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Well, if you're listening and you're an NWSL general manager, given that it has not been announced yet that she signed anywhere else in Europe, would you go sign her, please? I really need that. It would it would be a, a good thing, capital G, capital T, for for the league to do that, I would say. But for somebody like for somebody like Denisha Blackwood, 24 years old, with the dash, has been part of Jamaica's national team for a little while. Um how big a moment is this for her? Because I believe that this is the first year that she's had a full time. NWSL contract is that right that's right yeah last year she was part of uh, Orlando squad when they brought in those million players to replace their million players that went overseas to get minutes she was part of that um wow my brain just like what what what, what were those contracts um replacement player contracts oh, right. I believe is their official okay. name yeah yeah she was one of their replacement players so I know that she was really, really excited to be signed by Houston. Um, For those of you who may not know, she actually played some college soccer over at Navarro College in Corsicana. You may know Navarro College from the Netflix hit show Cheer. It's that school with the Bulldogs. She used to was there for two years, had a pretty successful career in junior college. Um, So happy to be back in Texas, happy to be back in Houston. And I'm sure it's actually equally cool for her to be playing in Houston. because she hasn't really been able to do that much with the dash yet. So I'm very excited for her, excited to see her play. Um, I sadly will not be able to make that game. More travel, of course, but oh well. I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> Almost just as good. I'll give you a free shot at the NWSL rules in a few minutes. Perfect. Because um, there, there's reason to do that, as folks know. I'm looking at, at, the, uh, at the Nigeria roster here real quick uh, for that game that will be down the road. Asisado Oshwala is coming over. Franny Ortega is coming over. And I'm looking forward to seeing them, to seeing them play, seeing what they've got, seeing what this Nigerian team under, as I said, Randy Waldrum is their head coach who has been involved uh, in American women's soccer for a long time and is trying now to restore the Nigerian program to restoring might be a touch strong. They made, they made the women, the round of 16 uh, in 2019, but they did not qualify for these Olympics uh, is why that turn of phrase came to mind. Certainly, you know, it will be great. Hopefully to see them in the 23 world cup. Historically, 
a terrific team in African women's football and a terrific fan base. A really fun, enjoyable. They bring, they bring trumpets and drums and traditional clothing and all kinds of other great stuff. It's always great fun when they come to town. Hopefully a few of them will come to town in Austin for what should be a special night. Opening that, that stadium was originally going to open uh, with an MLS game and now will open with the U.S. Women's National Team, which will be great. Yeah. Uh, and what, what, from what I've seen, it's a gorgeous, beautiful stadium. It's really nice, lots of green. Um, so I'm very, very excited for that. They, uh, they, they had a lot of open air circulation in there too, which is, I know, mm-hmm. is a, mis- a mistake that to the Dash and the Dynamo made back in the day and enclosing BBVA Stadium a little bit much. Yeah. Um, about the Portuguese team, the big name uh, on there is Jessica Silva, uh, who has played for Leon and is, I said, has played live radio, making sure I thought my head was right. And it is. She's in Kansas City now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, for her to make the trip down to Houston, play against the United States, against these players whom she has gotten to know even a little better than she had previously. Um, And of course, be the advanced scout and and so on and so forth. The other big name player, almost all the players on this Portuguese team play in Portugal. There are a few who play elsewhere. One of them, their captain, Claudio Neto, plays for Fiorentina in Italy. And another four, Diana Silva plays for Aston Villa in England. I think we have a pretty good idea of what the score lines in these games are going to be. It's the nature of the beast because of the pandemic and whatnot else. And it is not, this is something else worth remembering, by the way. It's not a round robin tournament because the FIFA window. I believe is only two games on this one instead of three, which means that one of the one of the other matchups isn't happening. And I'm looking That's up correct. very quickly which one it is. Jamaica, Nigeria. Again, live radio apologies. Uh Jamaica-Portugal is the game that's not happening. Nigeria is playing three games. Portugal and Jamaica are playing two each. Um, so we've gone through all of that. I said, you know, once, once you brought up um, the national team replacement player rule, that, that hit the, the magic signal for a free shot at the NWSL rule book. So we can each take one. I will, I'm, uh, you know what, ladies first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my favorite thing that's happened recently. Um, how do you pronounce her last name? Because I've read it a million times. Olivia, what is her last name actually? Moultrie. We're going to take the same shot, but it's worth okay, taking. Perfect. Go ahead. Okay. My favorite thing that's happened recently involving NWSL silly rules that make no sense. Olivia Moultrie. She is essentially a homegrown Portland player. However, O.L. Rain had her rights through the discovery process, which is hilarious. Portland was therefore forced to trade a third-round draft pick or whatever the heck else O.L. happened to want, which in this case was a third-round draft pick, to acquire her rights for, again, who is essentially their homegrown player who has been training with them for a while and, you know, should probably 
have that probably should not have had to happen, but it is the NWSL. Therefore, rules don't make sense. And therefore, we get silly things like this. And it's fun to make fun of, but also probably a bit problematic. I agree with every word of that. I said something on Twitter when the news came out, and I will say it again here. The NWSL, as the saying goes in the popular culture that I know nothing about, so I'm too old. Uh, they played themselves, I believe is the phrase, right? That sounds familiar. <laughs> they wrote a rule book to keep 15-year-olds out of the league. Then they did not spend the money to develop a homegrown player system that they should have, and we all know they should have, and they all know they should have. It's time. The players are there. The interest is there. Do it. It will be immensely beneficial for the league, and we all know it. And now has seen the rule book exploited for the profit of the rival to the team that invested all of its time and money in developing Olivia Moultrie. The NWSL does not have to have as big of a rule book as Major League Soccer. There is no mandate that this has to happen. (laughs) I say that wanting them to mimic Major League Soccer's homegrown rule and academy system because Major League Soccer has done it right. You want to argue with me about things in MLS on the other shows I go on, fine. But I think we can all agree they've done a lot of good with that. There is no reason why the NWSL should not have that. We know why they don't, which is that some owners don't want to spend the money yet. I'm not going to call them out on this show. I'm really tempted. But um, while, while we are recording, the judge of this um, antitrust suit that Moultrie filed has been hearing the case. The judge is not thrilled with the NWSL. And I find it interesting because I sort of get the impression that the judge is not a soccer fan, which is a good thing in a way because it allows somebody who knows nothing about any of this to look at it and say, no, this is really dumb. Stop it. (laughs) And I think it's good. It's good for us to have a little of that every once in a while. Yeah. It's definitely needed at times. I can only imagine how much the dash would benefit from having a homegrown player rule, given the enormous amount of, youth soccer talent down in, in, in South Texas. Yeah. And we already have an academy system. There is a dash girls Academy currently functioning and fun little sidetrack on that. So the backstory behind that, there's this large club club system called SCF city, FCFC space city football club. I used to play for them back in the day. So I actually was coached by the guy who's still overseeing a lot of this So they ended up merging with the Dash, which created the Dash Academy, which exists. I feel like people don't really realize it exists, but it does. It's there. It functions. But it's, you know, there's no ladder to the actual pros yet. One day, but not yet. You've got Trinity Rodman in this league. You've got, I mean, Brianna Pinto went to college, I know. But you've got players in this league now who are young, who are leaving college early who are turning pro at the ages when Mallory Pugh did, for example. It's time. 
to fix this and to get it going and open that pipeline up. I will say one other example of a team that I think would benefit from a homegrown player rule. And it is a team that I've criticized over the years a lot. So I'm just going to name them and then go on my merry way and not go any further into trouble. The Chicago Red Stars would benefit greatly from a homegrown player rule. And you all who are listening can infer the rest from there. Um, what else is on your mind, women's soccer-wise, that you might want to throw on the fire? Hmm. Gosh, what else has even been happening? I've been so out of the loop. Like, I'm, I'm like, catching up on stuff. Charles wanted to record today, too, and I was like, no, I can't need more time. Um, goodness. I, you know, I couldn't tell you. All right. <laughs> I, I, would, I would actually like to be a little more out of the loop than I have been. Because there's, nice. a, there's a, well, there's a big project that I've wanted to work on for months now, mm-hmm. um, which is this year being the 20th anniversary of the first year of the WUSA. Oh, yeah. And okay. the 10th anniversary of the last year of WPS. Mm-hmm. And I want to do some big retrospectives on, you know, talking to Hope Solo, trying to talk to Megan Rapino. If I can try, I, I can track down Vero Boquet. I know how to do it. It's been, take me a while. Try to get a hold of Marinette Pichon and a lot of the other famous players who played in this town over the years and tell some stories about how successful those, those teams were here on and off the field. And then, of course, the natural corollary is what will it take to get in a WSL team in Philadelphia. I was at, I said I was at the Gotham Rain game as I was walking toward the press entrance. I walked by one fan wearing a Union Pride, Philadelphia Union rainbow uh, T-shirt with the little lettering in rainbow colors and a Gotham hat. Then I walked by another fan who was wearing a Union jersey and I tweeted, uh, I, I will go, uh, I want to read it verbatim. Um, yeah, I've always found it a bit silly that Philly just has not had a team again yet because I feel like the history and the, the fan base is there. It, the fan base is there. The history is there. The ownership is not. That's yeah. that the, the single biggest question is who's going to own the team. And everybody says, well, it ought to be the Philadelphia Union. I've said for years, do not force the Philadelphia Union to do this when they have not yet cleaned up their own house. Don't make them build a second one before they clean up the one they've got. Yeah. Um, from a bit of experience, if a team doesn't want to do it and, and has is a mess, do not add a women's team because well, that's be- right. And if you if you don't want to do it at the highest level then at don't. this point, then I'm not going to make you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, just I, not like just look at early dash, like literally dash until yeah. like last year. It was just a hot mess express. I'm I'm still shocked that the dash did not fold several years ago because of that exact issue, just people not caring. I did also think of something that Go ahead. Two seconds. Um, if I could mention anything in the Woso world that is bothering me, it's just Vera Powell running Ireland into the ground. That's that's all. I just really don't like her. I'm shocked that she has a job. And you know, on that note, Craig Harrington got a job too. So I guess yes, that we around. should we should we should we definitely should talk about that. that. Craig Harrington got hired by Club America, mm-hmm. which stirred the pot up here a little bit for good reason. I don't know if it did down there. I suppose we'll have to wait to find out. Um, 
Vera Powell has interested me for a long time because I thought for quite a while that it was just a matter of the dash, not having players who were suited to her coaching style. And it took you and Charles and a few other people to finally convince me that no Vera was actually the problem. She was the problem. Um, I found the tweet, by the way, that I, that I put out on Saturday night. If you're listening to this show and you are any of the aforementioned union fans who I saw at Red Bull Arena on Saturday, please identify yourself to the nearest NWSL executive as being part of a target demographic. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it's funny. I, I, you know, I, I wrote the piece a couple of weeks ago when there was the possibility of the challenge cup final being moved out of Portland because of the crowd restrictions. And I'd heard from, in fact, the union put it on the record with me that they were in negotiations with the league to be the backup site. And I never thought it was going to come to anything. And I probably, I wrote that story to like 900 words or something, which was about 300 more than I wanted to. I didn't want that story to be overly long. But I knew, and a number of other people around the league knew, that I was just going to stir the pot around here a little bit, get people talking. And that, that was, I don't want to, like, I don't want to say that I was in on the game because I, in so far as I was, it was not my intention in writing the story to be in on the game. It was my intention to do my job as a reporter and break that news. And, you know, we, we sort of go a little under the, behind the curtain on the show some in terms of how the media works. If Meg Linehan or Ann Peterson or Jeff Kasuf or Dan Laletta are listening to this show, as I know they sometimes do, and some of them have been on this show, it is terrifying to know that you have a piece of breaking news and try to race it out the door to beat them. They're all really, like, they're dear friends of mine and they have been for a long time. But I was like sprinting to get that story written because I was convinced that I was going to be beaten to it. Um, but no, the point of it was to get people's attention a little bit and get people talking and see if there was interest, if people would go to the game. And there was some interest because you need, you need it. You, you, if they did have to move it, they would have been able to sell around 5,000 or so tickets by state law. You would have needed to have people talking in advance of the point of the tickets going on sale so that they'd be ready to move. And there were some people there who were ready to move to their credit. Did it get any attention of, I'll make a very local cultural reference here. In the northern, the northwestern exurbs, far suburbs of Philadelphia, our major um, headquarters and factories and offices of some of the big global pharmaceutical companies. And whenever anybody has asked me where I think the money might come from, from an NWS, NWSL team here, I tell them that's where I think the money, the big money for that really is. Same for WNBA team. That's where I think it would come from. I don't want to throw the Sixers completely under the bus and say that if they wanted to do it, they would have by now. There's some truth to that, but there's also more to it than that. But the big money in terms of if, if somebody was going to come along 
to buy a franchise who was not affiliated with either the union for soccer or the Sixers for basketball. That's, that's where the big money would come from. Did I get any of those folks' attention? I don't know, because I don't really know any of them, but I hope so. And, you know, we'll see what comes of it down the road. I, hear, I sort of hear things floating around every once in a while. Oh, there's interest. Oh, there's people talking. I'm like, okay, tell them to call me. They never do. And I, I don't, I don't mean to sound overly entitled about that, but I am going to stick out my own neck for a second and say that people in this town know that I'm the soccer guy and that I have the biggest bullhorn in the town when it comes to the sport. So if you wanted to make a splash, unless you were going to go to a national outlet, if you wanted to make a splash locally, that's probably how you do it. Um, we have gone wildly far off track of what the show was going to be originally about. That's fine. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a good time. It's yeah, been a while I, since I've been able to do any sort of podcast besides uh, our new show with RJ, but that's unrelated. Ooh, is that, has that launched? It has launched. We've done two episodes, and then I was traveling, but we're going to record another one this week. R- RJ is wonderful. I've known, known her for a long time. Yeah, I love RJ. And um, I can only imagine that show just going everywhere. <laughs> it does. So the premise is fun because both of us tend to ramble. So yeah. RJ came up with an idea to where we have a seven minute timer per topic. So we can't ramble. And once the timer is done, that's it. That's all we're talking about that. It works I, great. I could, I could do with one of those probably on this show <laughs> at the end of the day. I, I hope that we will cross paths at some point. I know your travels for work take you a lot of different places, mostly in Texas and thereabouts, right? Oh, I actually am not traveling for work at all. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm just, so I'm in between grad school and moving to Austin. Um, once I start my job, I'm staying put for okay. a while, um, but I'm around. I've just been trying, I've been trying to squeeze in like family events, vacations I've been wanting to go on, but COVID, more family events, but COVID, it's just everything I, from the past two yeah. years is smushed into a month and a half. So that's what I've been doing. I, I'd like to get to a game in Austin someday, but I think I'd like to go to March or yeah. September instead of really hot June here. or July. Um, and I'm, I'm ideally going to see the dash in Portland uh, at the ICC. Ah, I wish I could go to that. It's, it's going to be, it has the potential to be really spectacular. Yeah. And I would sort of, if I could, but I'm, I'm, I'll be within 90 days of my job where I can't take mm-hmm. time off, unfortunately. So can't go. I'm, I'm planning my, my summer vacation around that um it should be really hopefully really sensational thanks very much for coming on and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again sometime down the road tell the people where they can find your work yeah so you can find me on my personal twitter account at Haley snyder 2 Haley with two y's snyder with no y's um my main podcast is dash actually with charles you can find us at at dash actually um and the podcast i mentioned with RJ, wow, what is our podcast called? Ah, <laughs> uh, wow, what is our podcast called? Jesus, this is embarrassing. Hold on. Oh, it's it's fine. I will just if you um, oh, I found it. No, wait a minute. No, yes, I did find it. Yeah, in live radio, I believe 
I went. So RJ, for folks who don't know, uh, is the soccer critic on Twitter and is a wild follow. Wonderful. Lots of fun. Slings trash talk at yes. Slings trash talk at people all the time and also has really smart, informed, knowledgeable takes on women's soccer. because She's been around the sport for a long time. Um, the podcast is called Dashing to the Races. Um, the, the handle is Dash to the Races, I believe. That's correct. And it's described here as part NWSL, part USWNT, part random predictions. That's very much to my taste. So I'll have to give it a listen. That's very accurate. So the, the reasoning behind the name is she ran a Twitter poll asking what team she should support and Louisville won. And obviously I support the Dash primarily. So therefore we named our show Dash, Dashing to the Races. And I remember the name now. Go me. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I tried to, um, I don't want to say rig that poll. But the correct answer for her sake was Gotham, and it did not win. It did not win. I mean, we're close, really. <laughs> um, if for no other reason than to save her a lot of gas mileage. Um, anyway, RJ, if you're out there listening, hello. We'll have you on here at some point to probably go even further off the rails than this, this show. My Apple Watch, it gave me the Breathe app ping, you know? Uh-huh. So the watch is sick of us going on forever. It wants us to stop the show. So I will do that. Um, thank you all very much for listening. Our next show will be, I don't know. I guess it will be after the Olympic roster comes out. And we'll yammer with somebody about who made the cut and who didn't. I have some plans in the works for some major guests. One of whom I will not reveal out of fear of jinxing it. One of whom I will say we ought to have Dan Orlowitz of the Japan Times back on this show soon to get a sense of the landscape in Tokyo as uh, they get ready over there to try to pull this off. Um, but until then, until the Olympic roster is set, uh, I will emerge from my bunker at some point for, for a show after that. For Haley Snyder of Backline Soccer and so on, as you've heard, this is Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Women's Soccer Review here on the Sports Podcasting Network. Watch the SSE Airtricity Premier Division, First Division, and Women's National League action live with the brand new LOI TV Season Pass. The League of Ireland's exclusive HD streaming service returns with live commentary at home, on the go, or wherever you are. Sign up now for your LOI TV Premier Division Pass from just €79. First Division Pass from only €49 and Women's National League matches for free. Go to LOITV.ie for more. With the new Toyota Yaris, we wanted to create a car that was even more exciting, even more energetic, even more electric. Without ever needing to be plugged in. Challenge accepted. The self-charging hybrid electric Toyota Yaris, voted Car of the Year 2021. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. Ask your dealer about flexible payment options today. Toyota, built for a better world. Ready for that well-deserved staycation? 
Don't miss a moment of sunshine. Leave the shopping to us. Simply order your staycation essentials online at supervalue.ie and collect at the nearest Supervalue store, packed and ready when you are. Believe in a summer to savour with Supervalue Online Shopping. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.